Rude. Mason is rude. Hello, everybody. Everybody, welcome except for Mason. Hope everybody's doing great except for Mason. It's great to see you all. No, he just bullied me. He's fine to be singled out right now. It's like, oh, then that's well, God fine. Forgives, God forgives the sins of those who love him. He has to confess. He didn't confess it. He didn't feel repentant. He's unrepentant. I really Because you're unrepentant. Hello, everybody. We're teenagers. We're supposed to be unrepentant. Yeah, what? Well, I don't know about all that. All right. Well, <laughs> welcome, everybody. Um, so... This is our last week of our Break Trail series, week six. Um, we're not taking a hike anywhere, which is kind of the theme of this thing. Um, but we're going to watch a clip from probably the longest hike ever in a movie. I love this movie. And this is, a, this is the beginning of what's considered the longest hike in a movie. Randy, going to break it? Is it breaking? Very much a loser. I need to figure out that stupid hum. I love that movie. That's uh, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. It's a great movie. Um, if you've never seen this movie before, the scene is the start of the longest hike, like I said, in the history of cinema. Literally the next eight hours in this trilogy, in this movie, are mostly following this cruise one long hike through a mountain range, through scary forests, a river, some marshes, and finally leading to one particular volcano. Okay. And on its own, that might not sound like the most exciting plot, but what makes this hike worth following is the mission of these main characters. And in this trilogy, the entire world needs to be saved, right? So that's kind of, kind of a big deal, a lot of pressure on the lives of these people. So the solution is this unlikely group of heroes that are on this journey that will change everything. Now these stories kind of things are, are fun to, to watch or read because deep down we, we sort of know how they're going to turn out, right? We kind of know, despite whatever obstacles that they're going to face, that the ring will be destroyed, right? Spoiler alert, that the ring gets destroyed. If you ha that's on, Actually, it's not a spoiler alert. That's on you if you haven't seen it or read the books. I don't feel bad at all for telling you that. Um, but, you know, because we know the journey, you know, we know how it all ends. It's kind of happy. Well, you know, what if, in the end, Sauron actually won and destroyed the world? That would not be a very satisfying ending for most people. Maybe for some of you sick, twisted people, you probably wouldn't mind like that even better. 
There's nothing as frustrating as investing a ton of time or effort into something that isn't leading us anywhere. Don't get me wrong, it's, it's fun to waste some time watching a show, playing a game, taking that YouTube rabbit trail where you're gone and all of a sudden it's been eight hours and you're like, I just wasted half my day watching you know, these conspiracy theories, whatever it is that you guys watch on YouTube. But when we decide to focus a lot on time or energy on something, we usually want it to be something that truly matters for us, right? Have you guys ever heard of adventure, res- adventure racing? It's when a team of people, they race against other teams uh, or against a priest at time through super intense courses. Like, I mean, it's like hard stuff. There's a show about it called uh, The World's Toughest uh, Race. Brandon, can you go to the next slide? I can't get myself to work. That's just, uh, that's, that's crazy. They swim through freezing cold water. They climb steep mountains. They sleep outside during intense storms. They have run-ins with wild animals and do all this with very little food or rest. Does anybody seem like really excited to do something like that? Yeah, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. I like sleeping in my bed. This is not sleeping on my bed. These people, they survive these intense conditions because as a team, they're focused on accomplishing the goal of winning this race. It's also because each team has a captain who then takes responsibility for the rest of the team and they take responsibility for finding a route and breaking a trail that is best for their team. And like we said, all, all six weeks now, breaking trail is a hiking term. It's what you do when you encounter terrain that's tough to navigate. Of course, like I said, I've said that now at least six times. And then when that happens, one hiker usually goes ahead of their group and they clear the way of others so other people can then follow in their footsteps. And it's so much easier to walk in the tracks of someone else who's already broken the trail. So for the last five weeks, we've been talking about how Jesus broke trails for us in the ways that we understand God, the ways we follow God, and the ways that we love other people. But where is Jesus' path leading? What's our role on this journey? And and why are we on this journey in the first place? Uh, I forgot to give you guys your Bibles. If you guys want to come grab your Bible real quick. Bless you. We're going to be in John 21 here in a minute. Let me, you're sick. Let me see. I don't know why. The air conditioners are all been set and turned on. John 21. Olivia, I turned them on that one. I don't know why they're, they're supposed to be on. Olivia, I'm so sorry that. I'm sorry, Olivia, that your life is not perfect right now because the temperature is not where... Olivia, what would you like for me to put the temperature at? Olivia, what would you like? I'll do whatever it is that you want as long as you're happy. 
Olivia. Did you lose your Bible already? Where did you write your name at? All right, we're going to be in John 21, uh, verses 2 and 3 here in just a moment. But in the last five weeks, we've talked about how Jesus, where the first one was Jesus never gives up on us, right? That was the first week. And the second week, we talked about how Jesus, he understands our pain. He's experienced these things. He's gone through death, and not just a small one, a pretty violent death. He understands our pain. And Jesus shows us love. Look at that one in week three. Jesus is alive was, I believe, three weeks ago. Just two weeks ago was the concert. And then last week, we got Jesus can be trusted. If you miss any of these weeks and you're like, I really want to know what we talked about because you love Jesus that much, you can always listen on our fandom podcast for every lesson you miss because you just want to hear me talk. Not really. But um, they're there in case you guys want to listen. So now to close out this series, we're going to talk a little bit about the role that we get to play on this team that Jesus is leading. So last week we talked about how Jesus' friend and follower Thomas had a hard time trusting Jesus after Jesus had resurrected, right? He remember he had to put his hands in the side, which is just disgusting. He had to touch the holes in his... It's just gross. He had, to, he had to see that and do those things before he believed. And today we're going to read about another time that Jesus encountered some members of his team after rising from the dead. All right, so John chapter 21. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, that'd be James and John, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we'll go with you. They went out into the boat and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Now these guys, they weren't just fishing because they enjoyed fishing, like some people do. They didn't have like their cooler of beer and their rods and went fishing. That's not what these guys were doing. Before Jesus' disciples, before many of them became his disciples, a lot of these guys were professional fishermen. Following Jesus around the country probably wasn't just a big money-making endeavor. They probably weren't just rolling in a lot of money because they were with Jesus. So it's understandable they continued fishing in order maybe to make a living and to kind of make some wages. I think part of that in the story at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry when he called you know, these guys to be fishers of men, if you guys remember the story, they caught just a whole big, huge boat full of fish, right? And they had to come bring another boat to bring it in. You remember that story? My, this is just my personal opinion. You can believe it or not believe it. But I think a lot of that fish was then sold to market that helped fund the ministry for a, a good amount of time. That's just, again, my opinion. Take it for what you want to believe. And so they, they, they were fishermen. This is what they did. But the fact that this story takes place during one of their fishing expeditions, it, I think it might be significant for us to pay attention to. Because the disciples, they knew Jesus was alive, right? This has already happened. They knew he was alive, which seems, let me ask you this. If you saw Jesus alive, um, would that be a life-changing piece of information for you? Like, would you act differently? Would you think differently? Would you be like, this is amazing? Anybody? But, they knew this, yet they were back doing exactly what they had been doing before they ever met Jesus. After the shock of Jesus' return, they had easily fallen into their, their regular rhythms and their comfortable routines. When I'm stressed or overwhelmed, this, this right here is how I spend my time. Anybody, anybody know what this is? Off, 
This is a flag. They fly well, the opposite colors. But at Wrigley Field, they fly a flag that's a W when they win, which this year it's not quite so often. But in years past, they have won some. I got this flag at the uh, first game of the 2016 National League Division Series. The year they won the World Series, one of the coolest experiences ever of my life. I mean, it's really neat. I got this cool little flag. Get to carry it around. And so this is not this flag. This is not what where this little towel is not what I'm, makes the come. But watching the Cubs and just being able to sit down and zone out and watch baseball and not to think about life, that makes me comfortable. Not to worry about things or things are stressing me. I can turn on my Cubs. Even when they're losing, which is a lot, I still can be just in that, that comfort zone. But while Jesus' disciples may have started this fishing trip feeling comfortable and confident, God had other plans. While Peter and the other disciples were almost finished fishing, a man showed up and challenged him to throw their nets into the water one last time. They did, they caught a literal boatload of fish again. Instantly, Peter recognized this was Jesus who had told him to cast the nets again because only Jesus could do what this man had just done, right? So he jumped out of the boat and swam to shore to hang out with Jesus and eat some breakfast. If you were here in week one, you might remember this interaction we're about to read. If you have, just turn over, just go down to verse 15. Same chapter, John 21, go down to verse 15. We read this the very first week of this series. In this conversation, we already saw how Jesus forgives Peter for his betrayal. But that's not the only thing that Jesus does for Peter. So, John 21, 15. Oh, I don't have 15 on there. My, there is. Um, my bad, Brandon. I'm all messing everybody up. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. Verse 17. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said in the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. So Jesus challenged Peter by asking, Do you really love me? Do you really trust me? Did you really believe all the things that happened these last three years together? Because if you do, you can't be content to just being a fisherman all your life. You have a new path to follow. Some of you guys have been to youth camp with us. Some of you guys did spring break mission trips. Some of you guys have done disciple nows and things. And you've experienced the same Jesus that Peter has experienced. And I think Jesus is asking you guys, you guys the same questions. Do you really love me? Do you really trust me? Do you really believe all the things I taught you and showed you at these things and these events? And if you, if you truly have experienced these things, you can't be content just going about your life like nothing changed, like nothing happened which is what we do a lot. Next month is my 16th, or not 16th, my 19th year in ministry. I've been to a lot of youth camps and different things and seen a lot of stuff happen and seen students go to camp excited and when they come back, it's gone. There's nothing different. They come back and get back in that same routine and just like nothing, like they didn't encounter Almighty God. 
If we truly have this encounter with Jesus, our lives should be different. It was Jesus literally asking Peter to switch careers from fisherman to shepherd because he said, feed my sheep. No, of course, Jesus didn't really want him to feed sheep. Turn over to Matthew 28, 16 here in just a moment. Matthew 28, 16. It said Jesus was inviting Peter on a brand new mission. He was asking Peter to teach and care for the people who follow Jesus as well as people who hadn't yet come to trust in him. He's telling him to feed my sheep. You and I are sheep. We're dumb sheep, but we're sheep. And Jesus wanted Peter to accept a brand new mission. And in this moment, Peter had a choice. He could either stick with his comfortable life of fishing and, knowing, and doing what he knew or reset everything. He could either follow his own path or walk the path Jesus was blazing for him. Peter did choose the mission that Jesus had for him, and it changed everything about his life. He became a significant leader in the early church. He wrote some letters that eventually became books of our Bible, and a lasting impact in the story of Jesus both then and now. But for you and me, what is our mission? What does it look like for us to be on that path Jesus blazed for us? Matthew 28, 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Still doubted. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end, of the age. This mission was not just for the people present in this moment on this mountain. It's a mission that applies to each one of us. If you are a follower of Christ, this mission applies to you. Jesus broke a trail for us, and our mission is to continue the work that Jesus started because Jesus gives us a mission, and it's a mission that really matters. I mean, I think, like, this is our last normal Wednesday night. Next week is just some fun games and stuff. I think this is, was a great way to end our school year, that Jesus has given you a mission. Now what are you going to do about it? What are you guys going to do with this mission that Jesus has given you? And sometimes it's difficult for us to remember the first time we experience things that are commonplace. Like, when was the first time you watched your favorite TV show? Like, you guys remember that? I don't. I don't remember the first time I watched my favorite TV show. Um, what about, do you remember the first time you ever ate pizza? Probably not. Probably, we were probably a little bitty and may not remember. I don't remember it. Or when did you, do you remember when um, you first put on deodorant? And hopefully you have put on deodorant. Okay. Logan, did you put it on today? I didn't think so. I just kind of noticed at lunch. But, um, but, you know, those, those, these things are commonplace for us, right? These are things that are ordinary and that we, have, we do every day. We don't remember the first time we did these things. And it can be tough to remember moments like these, even though they've totally changed your life. Because, trust me, deodorant has at least changed pe people's lives around you. And we thank you for putting on deodorant today. I remember when I was a kid, my grandmother shared with me about Jesus when I was at her house. She did it often. My parents said the same thing. I remember them sharing about who Jesus was. I remember hearing about Jesus and experiencing him with family when I was growing up. I always remember these moments because it changed my life. 
uh, the person, the people who at first introduced me to Jesus, my mom and my grandma, um, blazed a new trail for me because they accepted the mission that Jesus had given them. You guys hear me? Like if it wasn't for that, that old lady back there in the back um, who was doing the mission that God had called her to do, I wouldn't be up here doing this. So now you can blame her for things, right? God had given her the mission to share the good news of Jesus. She gave, she told me that mission. She shared that love. Now here I am telling you guys to go on and share the mission. Can you guys remember people who shared Jesus with you when you were growing up? You guys know people? Yep. Parents, maybe? Maybe some people in your church? BBS, Sunday school? You know, if you grew up in church, these are the kinds of things that you guys experience, right? Through the, through BBS and tennis school, right? These are things that we, we, we had. Those people accepted the mission that Jesus had for them, and they shared the good news with you. Now I'm asking you, don't let it stop with you. Don't let it stop with you that, man, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I'm, I'm not old enough. I'm not good enough. Or I'm not, whatever. Don't let this mission stop with you. These guys are fishermen. They were not trained at all in theology. If they changed the world. So what is the mission Jesus has given to you? I asked Jennifer this question. I feel like the mission Jesus has given me is to um, do whatever I can to reach unreached people. Um, I know her. Go to places other people maybe don't want to go. And um, just try to spread the gospel and train leaders and whatever, whatever I can do to help get the gospel where it's not. Uh, for a long time, I felt like God wants me to go to places that are hard, um, maybe before other people do, just to set that example. Um, there's places that people don't want to go, and I feel like maybe if I go first and come back, and they can go, oh, she didn't die, maybe they'd be encouraged to go <coughs> next time, or at least to step out a little bit more where they are. When I was a teenager, I wish I'd realized how much of an impact I could have had. I think that I look back and I feel like I wasted time. I was a Christian, but you know, I didn't spread the gospel to my friends. I didn't talk about it like I should. And looking back, I feel like I could have made such an impact. And I think um, instead, I just thought, eh, I can't, I can't do anything about it. And so I wish I'd realized the impact I could have. I would say just step out and do it. You know, embrace what God's called you to do. He calls us all to share the gospel, and that can be scary. And I think especially in high school where you are extra worried about what are people going to think and, you know, are they going to make fun of me or whatever, um, just do it anyway. Just step out of your comfort zone. And once you take that first step and you get uncomfortable, the next step's a little bit easier. So... One thing at a time, do what God's calling you to do, and you will see He can do amazing things with your obedience. So how how can you and I, how can we be trailblazers? That's this whole series. So like the trailblazers you've heard about today, Jesus has given you and me a mission. To follow Jesus on the trails He's broken for us and to break trails for others so that they can meet Jesus as well. Everywhere there are people who don't know how to find the trail that would lead them towards Jesus. 
Uh, they may have heard the name of Jesus, but don't know that Jesus came to bring hope and love and humility and life to the world and to their story. And you and I have the opportunity to guide people toward the path that Jesus broke for the whole world. So how can you and I, how can we become better trailblazers and guides for people who are looking for Jesus? I think we can start by following Jesus on the trails that he's broken for us. And since Jesus never gives up on us, he understands us, he shows us love, Jesus is alive, and he can be trusted. Didn't I put him in there? Um, the first thing is to, to, to not give up. Not on yourself, not on other people. Let your life reflect the hope uh, that no one is ever uh, so far from God that they can't be rescued. Uh, the second thing is, is to get to know Jesus. Just like, uh, just like Jesus understands you and I, he invites us to better understand him. And when we do, be more willing to make sacrifices for God and others just like Jesus did. We can show people love just like Jesus loved us with his actions and not just his words. We're called to make our love for others apparent through our compassion, through our care, and through our mercy. The fourth thing is to, to uh, live like you are alive. Jesus' resurrection gave us new life both now and for eternity. And if you want others to know that kind of life, let them see it in you. Live like Jesus has put your sin to death because he has. Live like Jesus has come to bring new life to a broken world because he's done that too. The fifth thing is trust God. The good news of Jesus will change lives even if you and I are imperfect at sharing. Even if we think, man, I can't do it very well. I, can't, I don't know what to say on the right things. It'll still change lives because God is bigger than our mistakes that we think we have. Trust God is at work in the world and in, God, in people's lives, even when it's difficult to trust. And the last one is to embrace your mission. It's okay if you're not perfect. I'm not. You're not. None of us are perfect. Go anyway. Share the good news of Jesus however you can with whoever you can. Every spring break, we take a mission trip. This year's was a lot different than years past. When the main component was to share the gospel with people. I think it challenged us, and I think I, I really enjoyed this year's spring break probably more than other spring breaks um, that I've taken with students in the last decade. Um, we we do a thing occasionally here at church called Feed of Faith, where we go and we pray for people. It's a way to share the gospel with people. There are opportunities for you guys in the church to do those things. There's opportunities, I, I can guarantee you, outside of doing church things, that you can share the gospel with your friends. You have people in your life who need to hear who Jesus is and what he's done for them, and you have a chance to share that with them. We just need to be obedient to that mission. And we have a mission, and to accomplish this mission, we need to start doing what we are called to do. So the question is, so for you, how will you carry out this mission this next week? Some of you guys are out of school this week. Some of you guys are out of school next week. So between now and when your school ends, how are you going to carry out this mission with those people that you walk the halls with? Because Jesus broke a new trail just by existing. Never before had anybody been fully human and fully God at the exact same time. He broke more trails by teaching us new ways of loving God and loving other people. And then he broke one last trail with the good news of his resurrection. 
And before he left earth, he, you could say Jesus pointed to the trail that he made, inviting us to follow along with him and ask us to bring others with us. Because Jesus gave us a mission that was just to follow him. Let's pray. I pray as these kids are here tonight and they were here bits and pieces over the last uh, six weeks that they see um, how your son displays the trail for us and just moved um, in a way that we have this path we can now follow. God, may we see that, may we begin to follow this path, may we uh, just be a part of the mission that you have for us to go and to share the gospel and to reach other people. Uh, may we see that, may we believe that, and may we live that out of our lives. That we, um, we love our friends too much to not share the gospel with them. Even though it may be awkward, it may be hard, it may, it may be weird, it may hurt. God, that we, we love them too much to see them live a life apart from you. May we just be part of your mission. Pray for this next little bit of time in our small groups. May they just continue to dig into your word and just to encourage each other, God. In my name I pray. Amen. All right, you guys will go. We'll